I did not want to live my life looking back and thinking, man, woulda, shoulda, coulda. Welcome to the Perry Noble Leadership Podcast, where we talk about how you and your organization can take your next step in your leadership journey. Let's get to it. Well, welcome, or I should say, welcome back to the Perry Noble Leadership Podcast, where we believe your church can and should grow, and your growth, your personal growth as a leader, really does make a difference. I haven't done a podcast, a leadership podcast, since February the 11th, and so that's a long time for me to be quiet, but... I felt like I needed to be silent because I've taught about church and church leadership for a while, but I needed, instead of spending some time being a teacher, I needed to actually be a student because even though I've launched a church before, this church launch is brand new. For example, uh, the first church I launched, we didn't even have a website, only Big churches with lots of money had websites. In fact, most of the people um, that I knew had dial-up internet. There were no such things as iPhones or Facebook or Instagram or apps. And so we are living in a completely different world. So I've I've learned several principles. I'm going to go over five principles Um, that I've learned through the process of planting Second Chance and three lessons at the end that I think you and your team um, could discuss and maybe even share some ideas together. So so here we go. Let me just kind of walk you through how Second Chance actually has gotten started, where we are now, and the principles that I've learned or I've relearned in starting this, this brand new church. In the fall of 2016, I knew I wanted to start a church again one day. I had no idea when I was going to do it. I had no idea how I was going to do it. It was just a desire that I believe that God placed in my heart. And and I learned a principle in 2016. As I look back over my leadership, this is a principle that, that really is true. And everything that I've been able to do and every leader that I know that has accomplished something significant, this principle is true and is this. God often reveals what he wants us to do before he reveals when we are to do it, how we're going to do it, or even who will go with us. Let me say it again. God often reveals what he wants us to do before he reveals when or how we're going to do it or even who will go with us. And I believe the reason he does this is so that the vision can become white hot in our hearts. Because I heard somebody much smarter say, much smarter than me say several years ago, the clearer the vision, the fewer the options, the easier the decisions. The clearer the vision, the fewer the options, the easier the decisions. So I decided to do that in the fall of 2016, and it was just something I said, all right, God, I'm going to, I'm just going to wait until you show me what my next step is. 
In April 2017, I was in the UK, and a friend of mine over there named Chris said, hey, I think there's something you need to consider, and it's this. You need to launch a digital campus before you launch a physical campus. Now, I had never heard of that concept, and in fact, when I first heard him say it, I dismissed him as as crazy. There's no way I thought that you could launch a campus online before you had a physical location. But reality is this, that we can reach more people today through our mobile devices than we've ever had the potential to reach before. In, in fact, I believe, I believe that every time you look over history, that there was a major breakthrough in technology, a reformation always followed. Like the printing press um, is invented in the 14-1500s, and then you see the reformation follow. Um, anytime we've seen a technological breakthrough, it's always followed by a powerful move of God. And so why in the world do we have all this technology? I don't believe it's so that we can view porn quicker. I believe it's so we can reach people that we've never had the potential to reach before. And so in, in doing ministry online, one of the things I would encourage church leaders to be okay with is it's, it's okay if people aren't showing up physically every week. If they're showing up online, that's better than them not showing up at all. And so we've got to be willing to celebrate our online attendance as much as we celebrate our physical attendance in the building. Um, so that was April 2017. July of 2017, I still wasn't sure what I was going to do. Like, what, like uh, as far as, you know, or actually I knew what I was going to do, start the church. I didn't know when. I didn't know how. But this is where my second principle came in. When you don't know what it'll look like, go ahead and take the logical next step. When you don't know what your vision will ultimately turn out to be, go ahead and take your logical next step. And, and, and the reason I say that is because I didn't know, you know vision, values, whatever, but you know what I did know? We had to file the paperwork to start the church. We had to become legal. If we were going to have a church, then we were going to have to file with the state and the government. And so I went ahead and went through that process because I knew, I, I wanted to be able to, when it was time to launch, to be able to go ahead and launch and not have to go through about three or four weeks of paperwork. And that's where I come back to when it comes to any successful ministry or organization or athletic team, the separation is always in the preparation. And so I wanted to be prepared to do what God had called um, Second Chance to do. Finally, in December of 2017, this was my thought. What do I have to lose? I've got an iPhone 7 and Facebook Live. And so that's how we launched Second Chance Church. I mean, I'm, I'm talking no tripod. I literally propped the iPhone up on a bookcase and prayed that the iPhone wouldn't fall. And I just preach to the phone. And this is where the third principle comes in. And it's this. If we're not willing to take risk, our leadership will hit a lid. If we're not willing to take risk, our leadership will hit a lid. At, at that point, all we had at Second Chance was paperwork, 
a website, and a Facebook Live stream. And it was a risk to do those things. But I knew, and this is the other thing, this is the other thing. I did not want to live my life looking back and thinking, man, woulda, shoulda, coulda. I wanted to say, if, if, if I fail, if I mess up, at least I failed while trying to do something um, that, that was a little bit risky. Um, that lasted for about a four to five weeks, and then finally I invited a small group of people to attend. There's about 15, 15-ish people to attend, so I wouldn't just have to preach to an iPhone every week. And that group, it was so much fun just being able to meet together, do life, do community together. Um, but in February of 2018, a local pastor called and said, listen, um, our church needs to get out of our building. We want to get out of our lease. Would you be interested in moving in and taking over? And my, my first answer was no, absolutely not. Um, and it caused me to go back to a question that I go back to a lot whenever an opportunity comes my way. And, and the question is this, is this a door or a distraction? Is this a door or a distraction? Because legitimately opportunities can be doors that we need to go through because going through them is going to be amazing. And then there are some opportunities that are not doors. They're distractions that take our eyes and our focus off of the main thing. And so that's what I began to pray through. And over time, the Lord made it clear it was a door. And so we signed the lease. We got the space, but it needed, um, it needed some work. It needed some paint. It needed some carpet. We needed to rearrange um, the room so we could maximize the square footage. And my big question was, how to pay? Like, how do we pay for this, God? How do we pay? Like, because people were giving every week and they were giving online because it's the only way they could, or they were mailing in a check. Um, but how do we pay? And this is where I come to the fourth principle that I've taught for years, um, but I saw it lived out. This is one of those principles I used to teach other people, but I just wasn't quite sure it was um, true for me. And it's this if it's God's will, it's God's bill. I'll say it again. If it's God's will, it's God's bill. What the king wants, the king pays for. We needed $250,000 um, to complete the renovations. We had had, I had some money. We had some money set aside in the church account. But I wanted to be able to go into this facility debt-free. It was a lease. I didn't want to drop a ton of money on it. And so we needed $250,000. So I cast vision to our internet campus. Get that. The internet. I thought there's no way that we raised $250,000. But you know what? Um, it happened. And the renovations took place. And by December of 2018, the church was physically ready for us to occupy and move in. But while the church was ready, the staff was not ready. Um, we had you know, three or four staff members that were working as hard as possible. And in meetings, they would come to me and say, listen, we are all in. We're working super hard. But we think the date of opening needs to be pushed back. And so we pushed back the opening from January 6th to January 27th, which leads me to the fifth principle, and it's this. Staff members want to be led, 
not driven. I'll say it again. Staff members want to be led, not driven. I could have driven our staff to have the building ready by January the 6th, and I, I don't think it would have been a great experience. But we did open on January the 27th. I honestly had no, no idea how many people were there. I know we had two services, and we had to turn people away for both services. It was completely overwhelming as I did not know what to expect. But out of all of this, there's three lessons um, that I have learned. And, oh, let me just say this. There's three lessons I am learning. I don't know that I'll ever have these completely down. But I think these, these lessons come out of these principles. And here we go. Number one, be thankful for what you have right now. Be thankful for what you have right now. The reason I say that is because I wasted way too much time as a leader in the past thinking, you know, if I had blank, then I could do blank. If I had a, you know, that sound system, we could do this kind of effect. If I had that type of ministry, we could reach um, more children or more students or whatever. But what I found was that happened to be a trap that took my mind away from thankfulness and actually focused me on entitlement. God, not only do I need this, but God, you should, you should give this to me. And here's the deal. I always want to grow. I always want to impact more people for Jesus. I don't think wanting more people to meet Jesus is a bad thing. But if we lose sight of thankfulness as a leader then there's a danger of us becoming a bitter leader in front of our staff. So one of the things that I try to do often, and I'm getting better at this, this is something I have to do, I have to be very intentional about, is express gratitude in front of my staff, express gratitude in front of our volunteers, because as we express what we're thankful for, it establishes a culture of gratitude in the church. And that's the beautiful thing. Culture is either something we create or something that we allow. And one of my passions right now is to create a culture of gratitude. The second lesson I've learned out of all this is don't be afraid to start small. Don't be afraid to start small. You know, we, we've all heard the stories of massive church launches or ministry launches and I celebrate those. Anytime the kingdom, the church, a church wins, the kingdom wins. But sometimes those things can be so discouraging because we look at what somebody else started with. We don't have what they have. Therefore, we don't think we can do what they are doing. But I realized one day in just reading through the Gospels that one of the greatest miracles in the Bible— the feeding of the 5,000. It's the I believe it's the only miracle that appears in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. One of the greatest miracles in the Bible started small, meaning five loaves, two fish in the hands of Jesus. If we take what we have, even though it's small, and continually put it in the hands of Jesus, over time, he will multiply it into what we need it to be. So when we launched Second Chance, we did not have a nursery. 
I'm sorry, we had a nursery through babies up through the age of two, but we did not have a preschool ministry, um, which we have now, but we, we weren't able to launch with it. We did not have a grade school ministry, which we're hopefully going to have launched by this fall. We don't have a student ministry. We don't have a small group. We, we were able to do church. And one of the things that we constantly tell people when they ask, are you going to launch this ministry? Are you going to do this? Where's your next campus? Is we always have to say, we are a church plant, not a campus launch. Start with what you have. Be thankful for what you have, and then scale up as the Lord opens doors um, for the things that you can step into. And number three, number three, the third, um, the third thing I've learned, the third lesson I've learned, is the pain people are in is far greater than we could ever imagine. The pain that people are in, I'm talking about the people that walk in the doors of our churches every week, is far greater than we could ever imagine. I learned when I went to treatment back in 2016 the power of a culture where people can be vulnerable. It is unbelievable the amount of healing that can take place when there's a culture where you can be vulnerable and still be loved. Unfortunately, in in so many cases, the, the church has become a place where pain is shamed. And this, this has got to stop because healing can't begin until the pain is identified. And people will not identify their pain unless they feel that church is a safe place. That's why more that's why people that's why more people confess their sins in bars than confess their sins in churches. It's because it's a place where they're loved and accepted and not judged. And yes, there's a thing called sin. And yes, there's a thing called the gospel. And yes, there's a thing called truth. But Jesus did say, and this is Jesus, that the way the world would know that we belong to him is not by how many people we kick out of our community, but rather by how we love one another. So that's um, those are five principles. I'll review them real quick. Um, principle number one, God often reveals what he wants us to do before he reveals when he wants us to do it, how we're supposed to do it, or even who's going to go with us. Um, principle number two is when you don't know what it will look like, when you don't know what to do, just take your next step. Just take the next practical step. Principle number three, if we're not willing to take risk in our leadership, we will hit a lid, and by the way, so will everyone and everything that we're leading. Um, Principle number four, if it's God's will, it's God's bill. So if there's a massive vision in your heart and it's from God, then take the steps necessary because, like I said, what the king wants, king pays for. And last but not least, our staff members, they want to be led, not driven. Our staff wants to be led not driven. And the three lessons is number one, be thankful for what you have right now. Number two, don't be afraid to start small. And number three, the pain people are in is far greater than we could ever imagine. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast. Um, if you want some show notes or if you want some study guides, you can visit my website, www.perrynoble.com. 
and you will see an article there that says show notes from the podcast, and you can click on those, and uh, it'll have some notes, it'll have some discussion questions that you can talk through with your team, and we will see you, and I'm going to try to do this every other week, but maybe every week, you never know, but we'll see you in a week or two again on the Perry Noble Leadership Podcast. Thank you for listening to the Perry Noble Leadership Podcast. We hope you had a blast spending time with us. For more thoughts on leadership, visit Perry's blog at perrynoble.com.